You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Semifinals recently, and he is now playing for the Washington Castles in Team Tennis. But a study came out about CTE, which is chronic traumatic encephalopathy. I think that's a pretty close pronunciation. It's nice. what the football players get when they're concussed all the time. Just call it CTEs. CTE. Yes. And Boston University, the School of Medicine, put out a new study where basically all of the brains which they have studied, all but one, were found to have CTE. And we have. Dr. Michael Alasco from Boston University to kind of talk about this. Good morning, Doc. Good morning. How are you? How are you? How By the way, this ha- guy is a little bit smarter than us. Yes, he's at the Boston <laughs> University School of Medicine. Slightly. Yes, by he's a little, the... we mean a, a whole lot. Co-author of the American <laughs> Medical Association report that determined that almost 99% of the brains they examined Here. had CTE. How long have you been studying uh, CTE? Yeah, so this has been uh, quite a long journey. We've been starting this project since about 2008. Wow. Um, yeah, and so the ni- the number you're referring to, 99%, that was actually of the NFL players only. Right. Um, we actually found out of the whole sample of 202 football players, 177 had CTE altogether, and then 110 out of 111 NFL players. Wow. Doctor, what was the range of the NFL seasons played by the former NFL players that participated in the study? Like, what eras did they play in? Yeah, so the eras, there was a quite a wide range. I mean, it went from 1940s all the way up to the 2010s. I mean, most of, the, most of them played from the 1960s and beyond, with only about 21 or so before the 1960s. Is there any way to link the type of helmets they use? Because... I know that we have a friend here who played for the Washington Redskins, and he's involved with kind of a new technology helmet. Are helmets getting right. better to protect the players? Right. So that's a great question. The, um, so the helmets were, you know, initially designed to prevent uh, skull fractures, right? They do a really great job of that. Um, the issue we're dealing with here is that when we hit, when the football players hit their heads, you get these rotational forces within the skull of the brain. And so how much a helmet can um, prevent your brain from moving around within the skull is quite, is quite a challenging task. Um, but, yeah, I know, you know, there's definitely people working on it, and hopefully there's something with the technology that can come out to, to kind of help reduce the impacts. Doctor, just to the layman, can you kind of g- just give us an, um, a breakdown of, of what you see when you study a brain and you, and you, can, right. and you, and you can see CTE? existed in the brain what are you seeing exactly yeah so there's this protein called uh, called tau um, and what tau does is it helps to kind of stabilize the cells in our brain uh, and what happens in cte is the tau becomes abnormal okay and w- with cte though th- there's a really unique pattern of this protein tau Specifically, the tau kind of accumulates around the blood vessels in our brain, um, and it occurs and it occurs at a location kind of right below the surface of the brain. And that that lesion of tau is very unique. It's different from anything else that's ever been seen. 
What's the number one side effect of CTE? So we're seeing a lot. I mean, we're seeing a lot of, I mean, there's not one specific side effect of CTE. We see a lot of different changes in behavior. So we see, uh, you know, aggressive behaviors. We see a lot of changes in mood, such as depression. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also with thinking and memory loss is, is, is what we see often as well. So it's kind of a, com- it's a combination of different symptoms. And it's probably hard to kind of diagnose because I would say that football players, by and large, are aggressive. Right, exactly. So we can't diagnose the disease uh, in life yet. It's only, it can only be diagnosed through looking at the brain tissue under a microscope. Um, but, yeah, you, you're, you're exactly correct in that a lot of these symptoms uh, from CTE are kind of nonspecific, and you can see them in a lot of different other things. So we really got to pinpoint, you know, what's exactly specific to CTE in order to help us diagnose it in life. All right. So, you know, we all have kids and boys a lot of times want to play football and maybe less boys are playing tackle football nowadays. But I know, for example, I have a 10 year old son. He's only played flag football, never played tackle right. football, but he has started to express a desire to play. JP, would you tackle let, football? Would you let your 10 year old play tackle football? Yes, I would. Okay. Um, but. I'm wondering where you draw the line of too much contact. I think there's less. I know that you you know you point out that 99% of the NFL players who donate, donated their brains had the CTE, right. but you had some that just advanced to college or semi-pro. Like, let's say a kid plays all the way through high school, and that's it. What are the expectations right. for their brain? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's kind of the million-dollar question: is how much is too much? Um, you know, we don't we don't know really exactly what it means if you just play youth football, if you just play high school football. Uh, as as you see in the numbers, we're certainly seeing it a lot in in you know the professional uh, football players. Um, but re- really, you know, we need to do more research on people who just play youth or just play high school, and you know, follow these people and see you know see how they look how they look later in life. Um, and then once we can do that, then we will be more informed to talk about kind of, you know, safety and, and, and policy change at the youth or high school level. So, Doc, you found CTE in 177 of the 202 total brains that you examined that played, you know, the brains of people who played football at different levels, including high school, Canadian League, uh, college football, NFL. And then you found CT in 110 of the 111 former NFL players. My question is, right. were you surprised by these numbers? You know, I've been doing, I've been involved in the research for a little while now. Um, so someone who's been doing with it, um, I'm surprised by the findings of CTE across all these different levels of play. So ranging from high school to NFL. Um, so in 2013, we had a study too. Um, that was similar to this, but on a much smaller scale, where we found CTE in a lot of the professional football players. So, so we're kind of finding similar uh, results, just on a you know a much greater scale in this study. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised by the um, you know the, the the distribution of CTE across the different levels of play. Mm-hmm. We're joined by Dr. Michael Alaska, researcher for Boston University School of Medicine. He co-authored the AMA report that determined almost 99% of brains examined from deceased pro football players showed signs of CTE. Let's jump into a, a time machine here, hypothetically. We go to the year 2045. Say you do this same study into the future. Do you believe whatever advancements 
the NFL and the medical uh, community have made as far as reducing concussions would show a smaller number in the amount of brains that have CTE, you know, 30, 35 years down the road? Do you think there will be a much smaller number or do you think it's just something that's that's going to be rampant as long as the NFL is around? Right. So I hope by then, I hope by the year 2045, we've we figured out a lot more about CTE and we've we, we know what to do to prevent it, and we know what to do to treat it as well, um, as well as diagnose it in life. If we can do all those things, then I would I would agree. I would hope that the numbers are much smaller than the, what they are now. Right now, we have no way of, of identifying in life. We have no way of treating it. We have no way of preventing it. So, you know, hopefully down the road, we can do all those things. And, Doctor, that has to be the most puzzling and frustrating thing for you, that you can't diagnose it in life. You know that most likely it's happening to a lot of these players, but there's no test that they can take. There's no blood test that shows, you know, exactly what's going on in their brains. Do you think in the next five to seven years, there'll be advancements as far as diagnosing while they're still playing, maybe even while they're in their high school or college years before they get to the pros? Right. Yeah. So at, at, uh, at Boston university now we have a large study uh, doing exactly these things, looking at different tests that can detect CT in life. Um, it's a it's a pretty large scale study. It's over five or seven years. Um, you know, it involves different sites across the country. And yeah, I would agree. I would think that within the next five to seven years, we'll have some kind of tool, some kind of test that will help us, um, you know, detect CT in life. Would you say somebody has CT who plays words with friends, loses it like an 85% clip, but continues to play over and over and over again? Yeah, who would that person Because he's getting his brains beat Now, in. this person is, has, not re- has not suffered repeated <laughs> blows to the head, that, as long as he knows. <laughs> uh, we, we'll have to look into words of friends test. Yeah. Because yeah, he has chronic well, brain beatings. All I know is if Dr. <laughs> Michael Olasco challenged me at words with friends, I'd have to say no, because I know he would crush me. That'd be another loss. He knows so many more words than we do. I question the guy who plays the stupid game. So, Doc, oh, let, me ask, let me ask you this. So, I don't have a son. So, you know, JP has a son, and Cakes has a son. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to play high school football or not, but I don't have a son. I have two daughters. You know, I'm just a football fan. I love to watch college football. I love to watch the NFL. You know, maybe I'm surprised right. by the 99%, that number, but I'm certainly not surprised that the brains that you studied have CTE, especially since we've heard all these cases and all these guys taking their own life, committing suicide and all that stuff. But, you know, what's the future? I mean, why should a football fan like me really pay attention to this if, uh, you know, it's obviously sad for the players and their families. But if I'm just a right. football fan, why should I pay attention to these numbers? You know, I, I think the biggest thing about these numbers is awareness. Um, for so long, you know, we've dealt with, you know, concussions and we're not even talking about concussions here, but we've dealt with these issues and we don't really know what they've caused. And we've often swept them under the rug. Um, But recently, really in the past few years now, there's been increased awareness. There's been increased attention to safety for the athletes. Um, And this is all, you know, great for, for the health of people who play contact sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that these numbers are important mostly right now in terms of raising awareness to what's going on and, and, and really facilitating research and facilitating other efforts to um, figure out this disease and figure out ways we can make, make things safer. Doctor, what has the NFL's response been to this latest study? Because if, if this study came out 10 years ago, the NFL would have been in hyperdrive just trying to discredit you, calling you a quack, saying you didn't know what you were talking about. 
What has the NFL's reaction right. been to this latest study? You know, that's a good question. I'm not I'm not entirely sure what their reaction is. Um I haven't I haven't been informed of any kind of, of reaction yet. Um I, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that they, they have issued some statement, but I'm I'm not aware of it. You know, we're we're here uh, kind of independent of the NFL. We kinda of try to just put our heads down, do the research and try to figure out the disease and, and kind of report on our results. Mm-hmm. Have you talked to current NFL players about this? Have you ever spoken to, or even ex-NFL players, have you spoken to to players who are, are suffering from some of the same symptoms as what you would expect from CTE brains? Yeah, so a lot of a lot of our studies and research here are, are in living subjects and um, who are, you know, experiencing symptoms. So, so yeah, there, there's definitely people who are concerned who played football for a while. Um, and that's kind of going back to our earlier point, the frustration of people having these symptoms and we don't necessarily can't diagnose anything because we don't know how to detect it yet. So it's all, it can be frustrating on both ends of uh, both ends of the um, field here. Mm-hmm. Do, you so think, do you think that less uh, families, less parents will allow their kids to play after these studies have come out and these numbers are revealed? I think that the, I think that again, it's going to be, it's raising concern. Uh, it's raising awareness and concern. And I think that it's going to, I would imagine it's going to make people think twice Um but, you know, with anything, you have to remember that there's also a lot of benefits that come with playing sports, right? Um, you know, you get leadership skills, you get you work in a team environment. So so decisions, you know, have to take that into account as well. Um, and we should also mention, you know, one important limitation of the study, too, is that we're dealing with people who donated their brains. Um, and that's associated with a certain type of biases, Um and really what this what these numbers and what these findings mean to the general population uh is is unclear and really we really can't kind of extend these numbers to the general population because we don't really know how common it is based on these numbers. Hey, just 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 out of curiosity, where did you go to med school? So I went to I went to uh I did my PhD actually in um in Penn State University. Oh, he's a Nittany Lion. There you go. Yep. Uh, are you are you a football fan? Yes, I am a football fan. Yeah, good. All right, Doc. Well, we appreciate the time. Uh, it's a very interesting article, and uh, you know, we'll certainly get some reaction from some listeners who have some uh, some you know sons who are playing or want to play. I think right. it'll be interesting to see what they would say about these studies. Thank you, Doctor. Yeah, definitely appreciate the time. Thank you for having me, Doctor Michael Olasco. And big surprise, he's not on Twitter. <laughs> I checked. I checked for him on Twitter. No results. He's too busy. He's a busy man. I remember He's doing coming, real work. I must be busy, too. <laughs> <laughs> remember, coming up at 8 o'clock, give you a chance to win the Guns N' Roses tickets to play Name That Hurting on a game show Wednesday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 